2: Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speedtest Speed Test Intelligence Data, fixed median download speeds, USQ3 2023.
3: Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome into Sabres Live. It is the day between games in Sunshine State. Tampa is next tomorrow on the heels of a tough loss in Florida last night. The fabulous Chris Baker is in today for Marty Baran, as uh, Marty is en route to join us for a road crew party tonight with an alumni list that is incredibly impressive. The problem, Bakes, is that everybody's vibe is just a notch lower than what we were hoping it was going to be based on the frustration, I think might be a good word from losing to Florida again last night. What do you think?
1: Yeah, a little, it was a tough one. You know, they were feeling good coming off of winning three in a row. You're going down to nice weather. You should be feeling good about your game going in there. And you ran into a really tough team to play against. I think that's the bottom line from last night's game. You know, you have to rely on five on five scoring a lot when you're, when your power play is not clicking all year. And, um, you know, I think the difficulty scoring goals and just getting to the net consistently really caught up with them against a really good team last night. And that's the bottom line for me. That's my main takeaway.
3: Yeah. And the frustration obviously is centered more around, you know, the coach's description of how he saw the game and uh, paraphrasing, but he had no issue with how his players played, but it was more about how the game was called. And obviously that, ended up on the score sheet with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in the third period that turned a five on four into a five on three and Florida got a goal, which was quickly answered by the Sabres, but it still ends up being a difference maker in a three, two win. Um, There are lots of uh, things to discuss, but I think you hit on the fact that like, you know what you're up against when you're going against the Panthers, it's now 14 straight games where they've allowed two or fewer They've gone 12-2 and in that stretch. They did, the Sabres, get an early power play goal on a power play that was not functioning particularly well, but it was a shot from distance by Cousins, and it allowed them to take the lead. The problem is that wasn't, not that you have to have high danger chances, but that wasn't even a high danger chance, and they never had a high danger chance on the power play the entire night. They had opportunities after that. And unfortunately, the statistics will show you that Florida leads the league in high danger chances on the power play, and Buffalo is at the bottom. And I think when you see the Sabres being outscored two to one on the power play last night, there are always many variables, but you get a good look as to why there's a difference in production level. Agree?
1: Well, no, 100%. You know, in a game like last night, Duffer, you can kind of go two routes. You can talk about two things that have been kind of hot topics with the Sabres all year. You could talk about UPL, or you can talk mm-hmm. about the power play and the lack of maybe being more effective there. Mm-hmm. That's the storyline that I'm kind of choosing to take today. UPL has been good. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's a continuation. i always been the past two months. The power play though last night in a game against a team that you you need to capitalize on those opportunities when you get them, Mm -hmm. that cousin's goal, it was kind of a different look. I haven't seen them score many power play goals like that this year. I was at least happy with that, but I want a little more griminess on the power play. I want some ugly power play goals at this point. And that's, again, that was a takeaway. Um, overall though, I think there's some things that I've noticed from the past couple of games though, that are takeaways in terms of getting to the net. Um, Mm -hmm. Tage Thompson, I think rewarded for going to the net off that faceoff play on his goal. I want to see more of that from Tage. Not all the goals are going to be the pretty one-timers or, you know, dangling. Sometimes it, it goes back to what I was just saying about the power play, Duffer. Grittiness, griminess, get some ugly ones. I want to see that more from this team down the stretch. Keep going. You know what I mean? You're not packing it in. I want to see it on Thursday against Tampa. That's how you're going to have to score against them, too.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, it was missed opportunity last night as far as the standings are concerned for those that are you know, still following along with what we've been saying on a daily basis and what they need to do and the reality and the head-to-head games and the games in hand and all of that. They could have been sitting nine back of Tampa with a head-to-head tomorrow with two games in hand still and another meeting with them at the end of the year. So that's a... That's a rosy outlook, but it's also a realistic one. And yet, when you now look at the reset Eastern Conference standings after last night, Detroit just absolutely rolled to victory over Washington. Another eight put up by an incredibly offensive team. So the Wings maintain their spot. Tampa doesn't move at all. New Jersey inches closer. Washington got smoked, but they still have three games in hand, so they could pull even with the Lightning based on that. And I still, after years of kind of feeling like it was completely the other way as far as overhype over respect for the penguins they just aren't getting any respect right now bakes they have 5 games in hand on the lightning they're 4-1 one, and 1 in the last 6 and they're only 7 points back like i i don't know who sydney ticked off lately to have like nobody wanting to talk about the penguins they had a stunning Hard fought overtime win last night in Vancouver. It was impressive. Really impressive. Don't
1: yeah, don't ever count the penguins out anytime right. Sidney Crosby's healthy. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. And they they've had a lot of talent. This is a team that's set up for a nice finishing kick here. Yeah. Use those games in hand. I mean, I don't think they're ever out of it when they have the amount of talent that they have. That's mm-hmm. just, it's a, such a simplistic view of the penguins, mm-hmm. but it's the realistic view at the same time. Detroit. I, that team, man, they look good and, and, you know, Patrick Kane, what a, what a injection into that lineup, but it's kind of, he's bringing up the level of some of the other guys too. Lucas mm-hmm. Raymond, really nice game last night. A lot of young talent there. That's what we thought the Sabre season was going to be, right?
3: They, they are very, very, very reminiscent to last year's Sabres, as far as the leap that they have taken offensively yeah. as a team. They're now 17, five and two, by the way, in their last 24 to maintain that position. And I saw recently, and it was partly centered around Kane because his numbers have been so good, but I think they would have probably ranked in the top five regardless, but the wings have more goals this year from players who were not on their team last year than any other team in the league. So all the little extras that they've added have added up to a big, like Daniel Sprung, like this was an over, right? Like this poor kid. Plays 12 minutes a night everywhere and produces. And guess what? He's going to do it again in Detroit and score more than 20 and probably like 45 points, maybe even more. So it's worked. But the cane, to your point, has really enhanced it. And then and then Buffalo's still lacking that scoring identity from last year. And Middle Stats got one in 15 right now. Tuck's got one in seven. Paterka's got only one assist in seven. And even Dalene, who was, you know, and still could lead all defensemen in goals, he doesn't have any goals in the last seven. And this is all on the heels of him, you know, really taking that, uh, kind of the onus in, in you know, especially odd man situations, but late game situations like, I want the puck, I want to be the shooter. Well, he's, he's not producing either. So how do you, from a strictly goal standpoint, we know the minutes, we know his yeah. effect on the game. I don't want to confuse the two but at the end of the day you have to score and you're seeing that they're not doing enough to do that
1: 100 percent. I, I mean if the other guys aren't going it's easier to key in on dalene and kind of shut him down before he even gets to the zone if he's carrying the puck you know it's for me it's you got to unlock that top line it's getting that you know thompson line back and everything cascades down from there the matchups become very more like they become increasingly difficult for mm-hmm. teams to match up against them if that top line's going. Yep. They're not, I don't want to put it all on one line. Of course but not. But it's easier to key if, you, if Trust me, you can dictate the strategy of the game when the Sabres top line isn't going. So for me, Don Granato has mentioned it at various points throughout the year. The compete level needs to be consistent. Mm -hmm. It's getting to the net. It's not being afraid to go there and pay a price. That's why I point out Thompson kind of getting there the past two games and citing some different plays. He's such a massive human being. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He can be very disruptive in front of the net. He showed a little bit of attitude and edge last night. Also, he didn't go, but he implied that maybe he was game for a little bit of a dropping the gloves with Kachuk. Mm -hmm. okay there's different ways to get your teammates into the game when you play a leading role Mm -hmm. you can go to the net you can do other things sometimes going out and taking a run at a guy and hitting all glass gets your teammates fired up we don't see a lot of that either
3: no so i think there's
1: a lot of different ways to kind of skin this cat
3: yeah so man there's there's a lot there because like when you talk about a line that's not going at the previous level, then you know, it, it spawns conversation of okay, well, how do you tweak the lines again? And, and and that's the frustrating part. Like everybody, a lot of people wanted Krebs to be in a different role just to see if the kid could create. Right? It's always an evaluation period, but it's heightened as you get closer to a trade deadline. Um I think he's done a nice job. I think he looks like he's taking on, uh, like, you know, he's willing to take this on. He's excited for it. The results haven't really been there. Uh, And again, my concern would be more like Paterka only has one assist in the last seven. So, like, what has happened to JJ because of the quest to do other stuff? And that's not blaming Krebs for Paterka. I'm just saying it's a reality when JJ is not with Dylan that it hasn't, you know. So these are all just things to look at. But I know the one player through the group of 12 last night that you wanted to talk about that Tim when he hit us up at Sabres live on X wanted to talk about which Don Granado couldn't even really answer last night because he basically said I'm glad you asked that question because I wasn't going to bring it up and that was why does Benson keep getting calls against him at his age in today's game what's your take on that
1: It's it's kind of crazy, right, because he's put together quite a resume of plays this year where he's seemingly unfairly targeted by the refs. And there's two thoughts to this. One, I just think it's part of being a rookie in the NHL, whether you like it or not. Sometimes these refs are going to try to flex on you a little bit. Hey, little young guy, watch your stick or whatever. You're in the big leagues now. I think there's some of that. As crazy as it sounds and as bad of an answer as that might be for some people, I think there's a layer of it. That is that also he's very active with his stick. He's Mm -hmm. very, his competitive nature puts him in situations where he's going to take tripping penalties. Like he did last night, hooking penalties. I think there's a little bit of that as well. That's Mm -hmm. a great thing, by the way, that's not a bad thing.
3: A hundred percent. I
1: think that, but I just, I can't, I can't for the life of me, understand It, it does seem like he's been unfairly targeted by the refs this year. And I just think it's a simple part of the, you know, being a rookie. Mm-hmm. and the refs are going to try to dictate their presence to the player, which I don't always agree with, but I, I don't know how else you can frame
3: it. If, if this is a big if, on the first... And I don't like complaining about refs, by the way. No, and you know I don't either. We spend mm-hmm. very, very, very little time on the show talking about the officials because it's just not worth it when there are so many other statistical, at the very least, avenues to go down to prove... A point of what we had just seen the night before. That's kind of why we're doing what we're doing, is to try to get to the bottom of it to see how they get better. But like, so you take the Benson coincidentals, right? With Kulikov. It's it's a joke. Like we know it's a joke, because even if the camera didn't see perhaps a hold, maybe in the neutral zone, which is where the only place that he could have garnered the infraction. As he's trying to go by, they're still both in an equal battle position, and clearly Kulikov hoists them to the ground, but they go four on four. My theory is, guess what? Coach isn't going to be happy about that. Squeaky wheel. He gets on the officials. Guess what? Florida got a penalty right after that. Buffalo scored on the power play at the end of that penalty, and it's all a wash. It meant nothing in the game. Yeah, it's Benson. It's a talking point today, but... It didn't hurt them. They got a call. They got ahead, whatever. The other stuff, like, if you don't know by now that Florida, half their team is trying to sell you elite condos on Swampland every freaking play, like, that's why Bryson got a high stick. Like, Bennett saw it, jammed it up. Bryson wasn't in full control. And guess what? They believed it. Same thing with now the most punchable face in the NHL, according to a recent poll, Nick Cousins, right? The optics were terrible from Greenway. He didn't hit him. We know that to be true now. But the optics from any official would say, oh, my God, like he hauled off and drilled him. But what they should have done based on seeing him get up and as ESPN said, up from the dead, they should have called him (laughs) for embellishment. But the worst part of it is, is the second referee standing there watching Cousins get Dylan, that is, hoisted to the ice, body slammed by Mikola, and there's no call. That's the frustrating part. But guess what? At the end of that sequence, Buffalo took an extra two minutes. Nothing happened. Nobody scored. Nothing happened. Guess what? Buffalo was presented with another power play right after that, before the end of the period. And then when the third period started, they nabbed Mikola for another penalty. And so Buffalo had two power plays after all this nonsense that they were upset about, they didn't do anything. Why is the power play still not doing what it means to do Chris?
1: I I wish I had that answer, right? Because I think we'd be having a different story to talk about for the entire season. If we knew what that answer was,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I go back to simple basics of just rolling up your sleeves don't look for everything to be so pretty. Shoot mm-hmm. the puck more. You mentioned yeah. Peyton Krebs. Okay. Yeah. Peyton Krebs, I think he looks good in this elevated role as a playmaker. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing from him is kind of to follow up on what I was just talking about with the power play. I think we're going to start talking about him the same way we've been talking about Middlestad maybe the past couple of years. You want him to see him shoot the puck more, right? I think that's going to be the next step with Krebs in this role. Mm-hmm couple opportunities to shoot the puck that he did. not sometimes if you have a guy breaking down on the wing and you have numbers, throw it off the goalie's pads instead of going for the pass, little things like that. Yes. are the Next step that I'm looking for Peyton Krebs to take down the stretch. If he's going to stay in that role, but it's the same thing on a power play duffer to shoot the puck crash, sometimes kick it high to the point and crash mm-hmm. the net. Keep it simple. Not everything has to be so pretty.
3: Was it last night? Yes, it was. It was when Krebs was flying into the zone with just over five minutes left, took the puck back, immediately looked for the cross-ice pass. That's the one you're talking about. Like that, Yes. if he's confident in the shot, which we ultimately saw Middlestat get confident in the shot, he can go short side high or pass off pads, like you're talking there. And it would be a more retrievable, in all likelihood, rebound situation for that player. Instead, his sharp angle with a defender in the middle made it almost impossible to connect on the pass onto the right wing, but you're right because that's the speed burst that, that shows you, okay, look, this, these are the good steps here. Cause for a long time, like, you know, whether he was F three or whatever, like, I mean, Peyton just wasn't in those kind of prime rush chances. It seemed like, right.
1: And it might've been Paterka coming down the other side. I can't remember who was think, with him on that. play. Uh,
3: let's see. Yes, it was. It, it may have
1: been, P- yeah. I think it was Paterka. Like, yeah. that's a great example too. Mm-hmm. Paterka really good in that situation coming yeah. down the wing when the puck comes to him and he knows where to be. And he has that intuition to be in the right spot. And he plays that angle. Like he would have been expecting that. It's part mm-hmm. of the point. Right. Yeah. But that's, I, you know, again, I don't want to sit here and harp on all the negatives. Right. um, But the, I just want to point out things that I'm personally going to be looking for down the stretch mm-hmm. at five on five while waiting for the power play to improve. And hopefully <laughs> yeah. it's not too late. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. So do you remain patient here? again, with the lines through this Tampa game? Do you, I or do. do you, yeah. um,
1: I don't think... I, I'm not seeing right now... I mean, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because I just talked about you need that top line to get going. Mm-hmm. I think that Thompson's actually played better lately than his numbers have maybe suggested. Fair. For that alone, just get him going with some familiarity. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't dislike that um, Krebs line and how they're Mm -hmm. playing i like the competitive energy that they're bringing so with that said i kind of just i hold tight they just need to score more goals they're they're staying in games to your point i mean you described like the puck don't lie scenarios with the power play just stick with it stick Mm -hmm. with it and see where it gets you they just won three right you lost a game on the road against a very good team and it was a pretty tight game on the Mm -hmm. scoreboard anyways i'm not seeing a reason to shake it up duffer
3: No, I think the disappointment and it goes back to probably the, the first discussion we had on the power play earlier in the segment was they didn't generate any high danger chances. So that affects your overall total. The fact of the matter was they only had six high danger chances in the game, according to natural stat trick, which ties them for, you know, basically like they've had, they did, they had two games this year where they had only five high danger chances, which was the low they've had a handful of games now where they've had six. The problem is, For the most part, they liked how they played against Florida a couple of weeks ago at home. They had less than half as many chances last night against them as they did on that night in Buffalo, and they were shut out that night. So the mentality had to be like, we need to do even more. And they didn't even get halfway there. That's where the frustration is for me. You know, that uh, here, when I say frustration, it's because I'm like you, like I sit here and I believe that these guys are capable of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, they've shown yes. this so it's it's not like some unfounded thing. it's like so, and again, you tip the cap to Florida that we know again, fourteen straight games of being like ridiculously staunch defensively and number two in the league in that regard, but these guys need to believe they can do more offensively
1: now for on the line thing, okay, for a second, like for me, I'm just trying to figure out like what would a change in combinations do to solve the getting to the net issue on a consistent basis. And that mm-hmm. griminess and grittiness that we kind of talked about, about getting to the net. There's only one move that I can really think of. And it's more of a positional move. And I I'm worried that it just has too much of a shakeup. And you're like saying, well, why are you worried, right? You should be grasping any straw right now to climb the standings, but is it moving cousins to the middle?
3: Yes. That maybe and changes Benson, that power. Benson back to the middle stat wing, because now I'm starting to wonder if Benson's presence with middle is what allowed Casey to be leading the team and scoring until now he's been caught by Darlene.
1: I'm willing to talk about that, that scenario. You you may have talked me into it in a roundabout way. <laughs> it's a positional thing. It's not flopping wingers and flipping them around. It's getting that power driving down the middle with Cousins back. Mm-hmm. And I, and you make a good point though. Also, I think about, um, about Benson also, I don't know. I, it's, it, tough. it's tough.
3: It's But you're, you're, you know, for years have established yourself in this market as the prospect guy through sabers prospects so when you look at zach benson in his first full nhl season what was your projection for him and what now is your projection for him as he works towards the end of his first nhl season
1: there are A lot of nights where sometimes just close your eyes and you think about what Zach Benson's going to physically look like in three or four years when he has a little bit more thickness, man strength, maybe a a little bit of a a little more quickness, Mm -hmm. but even if he doesn't pick up the quickness, it's not going to hurt him Right. with that set. And it's a very nice visual because you look at what he's done. He's been impressive going to the net. He's been impressive off the puck. Mm -hmm. the stick lifts, the competitive energy that he brings. You want it to be infectious with the rest of the guys. I just think that this year, my expectations for him was all about data. Get all this data into your brain Mm -hmm. and see where it takes you in five, eight game blocks. He hasn't disappointed at all. You thought maybe he'd hit a rookie wall at some point. You can argue statistically, maybe at spots he has, but in terms Mm -hmm. of his effectiveness shift to shift, he has not hit a wall in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that break that they had right before they all—I think it helped him. Mm-hmm. I was on with Marty and I said, "Hey, look, this is a great timing for this break. It gets him to reset. You don't have to put him upstairs and have him watch from up top for a little bit. This yeah. was a built-in break in the schedule that I think he looked really good the past couple of games in mm-hmm. situations that are tough. But overall, um let's go back to draft night with him. Yeah. What do we talk about? His motor, his competitive energy, and his smarts.
3: Mm-hmm. He's
1: lived up to that.
3: Agreed." And I just
1: think with just with this data, again, I don't want to be all scientific or, you know, silly about it. But this year as an 18 year old is going to go such a long way for him in his career in the next three years of this club. In my opinion, he just makes his teammates better. You can go back to preseason, Duffer. You put him on uh-huh. any preseason line. He made the preseason lines better.
3: Yeah. He's and the guy that
1: you can move around the lineup to get other guys going.
3: Right. And that so. And I know that the has team. happened through the course of the year, <laughs> right? Like, I mean. We saw it enhanced the most in the preseason when he was playing with Tage. And then the season, he didn't play with Tage a lot, but then there were times when he was put back on that line with Tage to try to get him going. And as we've seen, it has just been a struggle for whatever reason for Buffalo's top players. As you were saying that, I was thinking, imagine if Buffalo had like half even the swagger they had offensively from last year. And how much better Benson's numbers would look within that he's part of a frustrated group right now. That's not his fault. (laughs) He's come into it and a whole bunch of guys who had career years are not having those career years. I still firmly believe that this kid's going to be a 30 goal scorer someday because of everything, all the attributes you just said too smart. He's too diligent, nasty, you know, in a, in the best way. And, um, yeah. I have, I have no doubt. Do I wish he'd it's, scored it's 22 incredible. this year? Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. But Hey, look, you know, you can look at a lot of um highly touted draft picks coming in at 18 and they didn't right. light the world on fire. You know, I look at Joe Thornton and, you know, Stamkos, his, his challenges, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all turned out great hall of fame yeah. careers. Um, yeah. For me, the, the biggest thing too, I think with Benson that sometimes I think we have to think about is, too often, he's been kind of leading by example out there in terms of competitiveness. Like the other guys have to be really looking at this, saying, you know what? I have some work to do. I, I, but why are they following the lead of an 18 year old kid? I'm not trying to say they're, I'm, it's a fact.
2: It's I'm not a trying fact. to pick
1: on the players or just be overly critical. It's just a fact. That should not happen. He should be inspired and learning from them. And sometimes the shoes have been on the other foot. Yes. It's, concerning in some spots of the schedule
3: as as what you're saying is exactly what the coach has said numerous times this year we need more compete but whenever that conversation then came around to number nine no he's in the lineup because he keeps doing this night after night after night and keeps getting better in his awareness of the game so yeah that's 100 percent true what you just said and We'll see if they have that big effort against Tampa tomorrow. Uh, it is, I mean, the lightning just got, no, not that anybody could see it because the lights went out, but um, <laughs> which was a great thing. By the way, so we were at hat tricks last night in Tampa. It's probably, I'm going to say at least conservative guess 40 TPs, right? We managed to get one, right, for the Sabre game. Not easy with streaming and all that nonsense, right? Yeah. Um, the lightning game was off air for technical difficulties for well over half an hour. <laughs> we had to sit there like we never, you know, we should have asked right away, but how would you know when it's going to get corrected? Right. But the lightning, you know, on Bally sports, like it just defaults to like old lightning programming. <laughs> so like oh, that's, geez, yeah. you know, like classic programming. <laughs> So that's what you're hearing through the bar for like 30, 40 minutes. And we're just like, maybe we should ask them to put the sound up on the Sabres. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're like, why are we here?
3: Oh yeah. my gosh. It was terrible. It was painful. But again, that's a rough, that's silly, a rough one for <laughs> that's a, uh There's another little silly thing with last night. Like the, the big talking point, the last time they played the Panthers we should have scored first. We had the chance to score first. We could have taken control of the game. Well, last night they got the first goal. And they still found a way to come out of the first period down by one, which has been, you know, a huge issue for them so far this season. But opportunity knocks again tomorrow right here in Tampa. And not only tomorrow, but we want to get you ready for, uh, a, you know, St. Paddy's Day festivities with a ticket and a hat bundle. You know me, Bakes, and I'm up for a good hat. And uh, who doesn't like green? You can purchase a ticket to the Sabres March 12th game against Detroit, plus a green St. Patty's Day Sabres hat, all for a low $45. Visit sabres.com slash bundle to purchase yours today. Bakes has got a rundown of a lot of key performers organizationally right now from a prospect standpoint. Of course, we'll go around the league as well. Marty's en route to Tampa. We've got a big road crew party in this city tonight. and We're back after this, Sun Sabres Live. <laughs>